Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! They're still doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call the Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to the Extra Plasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that's attempting to teach a toaster to compete in Dance Dance Revolution for high scores. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, a.k.a. Bank Maniac from Instagram and Twitter, and I'm excited to talk with you this week in a little bit different of a format than usual. Usually, our show involves a guest interview or a guest co-host, but due to scheduling conflicts and a variety of other things that's just called life happens, uh, we were not able to interview with the person this week. So, given that, I've decided to treat everybody to something I teased a while back on Instagram, which I'm calling Spectral Speculation Edition, Legends of the Lost Hasbro Toys. And this week, that means we're going to do a quick headline update about the things that are going on. Uh, and then I, we're going to get into a sort of longer conversation about what happened with the Ghostbusters RC RTV trap that Hasbro was supposed to release, as well as the Ectoplasm Lab. Now, these are two products that uh, are sort of legendary at this point coming out of the Ghostbusters Afterlife toys because we never really saw them in the U.S., but they did make it to places like eBay and, you know, retail or sort of secondary retail markets. So uh, we'll talk in this episode a bit about what happened with that release. Where did those items go? When did they get here? How many of them perhaps were there? Um, Because I actually have done quite a bit of research on this uh, to a level that some might call uh, a little bit obsessive (laughs) to a point, but um, I want to share this information with folks because I know that there's been a lot of questions about these products and especially because I know there's been a lot of misinformation about the RC RTV trap and whether or not it was a GameStop exclusive, et cetera. So um, that's going to be sort of be the episode this week. We'll do a little bit of a different take than usual. You have a little more, a little bit more of me than uh, me and somebody else, but hopefully it'll be an opportunity to learn a bit about two toys that really were supposed to come out and be the anchor of the Ghostbusters afterlife sort of toy or role play set and that ended up never making it out the gate uh, in the U.S. So, so with that in mind, we're going to turn over real quickly to our headlines. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Falling topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. The extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. Our first story this week is a quick callback to a previous episode where we talked about the Hollywood Forever screening of Ghostbusters, where Jason Reitman had given a uh, brief eulogy for his father. And I was hoping to be able to find someone who had the recording of that so we could share it on the podcast. And thankfully, Miguel Medina from the Los Angeles Ghostbusters was able to supply at least a portion of it. So I'm going to share that with you in a moment. I do want to warn you that the audio quality is that of being recorded out of a PA system across a giant graveyard uh, with somebody who's using a cell phone, so it's not super high quality, and he wasn't able to capture the entire speech, but he does have a sort of an interesting, fun tidbit that he was able to catch that I wanted to share with the podcast. So uh, take a listen to that here. 
Holocaust survivors and had an extraordinary childhood. Did someone just cheer the Holocaust? Uh, no, no, go ahead. No worries. At one point when he was five years old, they literally had to escape under the floorboards of a boat and they got to a border crossing and they were trying to explain that they were Jewish refugees to border guards and they had no papers and the guard said, prove to us that you are Jewish. And I swear to God, they lifted up my father, they pulled down his pants and they showed that he was circumcised and that's how they got in. They arrived in Canada and in Canada, my father learned to tell stories. He didn't even speak the language yet, and he had puppet shows at first. He went on to college where he met Eugene Levy, and he started making short films with Eugene. Uh, he was a camp counselor. That's what led to his film, Meatballs. And of course, eventually, he made his greatest gift to all of us, and that is the movie you are going to see tonight. Uh, thank you for being here. I hope you laugh loud enough so that he hears it up in heaven. Just once, just so we can hear it, please. So it's pretty, pretty funny, pretty cute tidbit. Um, probably not one that I think most of us have heard before uh, about uh, what Ivan's passport looked like as a child. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, um, it was a nice moment to sort of hear Jason talk about his dad. And thank you to Miguel for sharing that with the podcast so we could pass it along with other folks. If anybody else happens to have a recording of the entire speech out there and wants to share it, uh, feel free to get in touch with me at Extraplasm on Instagram or Twitter or ExtraplasmPodcast at gmail.com. The next item in our news for this week, Ghostbusters News has reported that uh, there is a new bathrobe coming out, but only in the UK. So I'm a little bummed about that. So hopefully it'll come out in the US too, because I want to buy it so that I can uh, wear it around my house, especially while playing Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed and yell out, woo, like I'm Ric Flair. Uh, so if you live in the UK, you'll be able to access this uh, from Lost Universe this holiday season. It is a soft fleece two-tone color scheme uh, that is black and red and has the big Ghostbusters logo on the back. It really is kind of reminiscent of the VHS packaging in, in a way. So uh, if you ever wanted to wear the VHS packaging from Ghostbusters to bed at night um, or just to stay warm, this is an option for you. Uh, so keep your eyes on that if it's something you're looking for. The really, really big news of the week, obviously, is what's going on at New York Comic Con. Um, but what's kind of ironic about that is that a lot of what's going on at New York Comic Con this week seems to be a party <laughs> for Ghostbusters without a lot of real new news. So the folks from Yes Have Some, from Ghostbusters News, uh, from a variety of different new media outlets have had an awesome time this weekend partying with the folks who are creating Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, as well as McKenna Grace, Logan Kim, uh, Jason Reitman, Gil Kennan, uh, and uh, Eric Reich, a variety of other people from Ghost Corland. Uh, so it seems like there's a really great party that happened in New York. A uh, really great experience for everybody there, and everybody got a hands-on experience to try and play the game. To be 100% real with you, I wasn't there. Um, you should absolutely go and take a look at the coverage that Yes Have Some is going to put out this week, that Ghostbusters News will put out this week. They inevitably shot video while they were there, have more content to share with folks once they return home from these trips. So uh, I'll sort of put a pin in it there a little bit on this NYCC stuff in terms of Spirits Unleashed because they're going to have a lot more of a hands-on experience to tell you about. And I would much rather tell you, go talk to primary sources rather than speculate about what they saw. 
But I can tell you that friend of the podcast, Tony Taylor of Tony Taylor Toys and Phantasm Toys, uh, which is a joint project with Baducci Studios, uh, is a they had their newest items on display at the Hastel Toys booth at New York Comic Con. And they have a new Muncher figure that's going to be coming out that really looks amazing. They had it a New York Comic Con exclusive uh, library lady that glows in the dark. So if you I'm not really sure if those are going to be available beyond that. And if you contact them, they may be able to tell you. But some really exciting cool things coming out down the line, including a Muncher figure uh, that is probably really probably the most detailed Muncher figure I've seen and something I want to put with my plasma series figures, uh, you know, a sort of an in scale uh, figure that would work well with the other stuff there. He's doing a terror tub that's coming out. That's going to be larger and is going to be more in scale with say like closer to one, six figures uh, or rather one twelve figures. So there's a lot of really cool stuff coming down the pike. And if you have an opportunity to go and take a look at the phantasm toys, Instagram, there's a lot of content there. Hastel toys uh, also has a lot of stuff because they had a joint booth at this event. So you can check out uh, the stuff that they were sharing together. Mondo also announced that they had a comic-con exclusive ghostbusters two vinyl LP. So hopefully folks who were there were able to pick that up. Uh, but beyond that there, to, this is nothing to put down, but a lot of what went on at Comic-Con so far, at least, uh, cause I am recording on, <laughs> on Sunday morning, uh, is, uh, has been this party that people went and had a great time at. So go and take a look at that coverage as it's coming out. And you can see a lot of really cool images and fun video that was shot at the party on Instagram and Twitter. If you just look around uh, this weekend, it's kind of just, it's kind of impossible not to trip over <laughs> um, given how much of it's out there. So, and while it's short and sweet and kind of neat, that's going to do it for headlines this week. Are you a Ghostbusters content creator, franchise member, or super fan looking to get information out to other fans? Look no further than the Extraplasm podcast. You can reach us at Extraplasm on Instagram or Twitter, or via Gmail at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. We're ready to believe that you've got something to contribute. Welcome to Extraplasm podcast, Spectral Speculation Edition. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, and this week we're going to do something a little bit different. As opposed to talking to a member of our fan community to find out what they've been up to and how they've been contributing to the Ghostbusters fandom, we're going to dig into history to try to solve a Ghostbusters mystery. And that mystery is Legend of the Lost Hasbro Toys. That's right, we're going to take a look at what happened to some of those Ghostbusters Afterlife items that were showed off at Toy Fair of 2020 and then sort of never materialized, or at least they materialized and then they dematerialized into non-existence or into overseas markets. Uh, and so we're going to dig into specifically the stories of the Ectoplasm Lab, its refills, and the infamous RCRTV Ghost Trap. So... Uh, this will be an episode where if you have wondered what happened with those items or if you chased after them and couldn't find them, today I'm going to tell you about what the deal was with some of those products. Now, I want to be upfront and say that a lot of this episode is going to be new information for folks. And that's because I spent a lot of time uh, in the wake of during COVID uh, and in the lead up to Ghostbusters Afterlife and after its release, trying to track down these items. Uh, it became a bit of a uh, project for me and a 
pet passion for a while and maybe even an obsession to a point where I did a lot of really deep research to try and find out what happened to the shipments of these products and where they ended up. So this information you may hear today is going to be new. Uh, or rather I should say this information may be new to you as opposed to something you've read in an article. And it may be something that when you try to go Google it to see if like Ghostbusters news ever reported on it, the answer is going to be no. In fact, you may find that what I'm going to tell you today contradicts things that are in places like Ghostbusters wiki entirely. And the goal here is not to be like, Hey, I'm right. And y'all are wrong. Uh, the goal here is to try and add an accurate expect explanation of what happened with these products and whether or not they were released, uh, what happened to those releases, etc. So I'm going to be leaning a lot on my own personal experience of tracking down these items and putting them in my collection and helping others find them. I'm going to be also telling you about uh, some sources like cargo and shipping databases where I was able to track down where items went or when they were brought into the U.S. And so a lot of this is going to be synthesis of information to make an argument about what happened with these products, hence the name spectral speculation. I'm going to do my best here to point out my fact and point out my sources to you to tell you which of the things I'm talking about are confirmable fact and which of the things I'm talking about are you know, conclusions that I'm drawing from the available data that makes sense. But the goal is to walk away from this episode for you, hopefully, with a better understanding of just what happened with these items and how rare are they really? Um, are they really things that are com complete unobtainium or are they things that are out there that you might be able to still get your hands on if you wanted them, but you couldn't put them in your collection because you never found them in a U.S. marketplace? So um, we'll, we'll sort of start off talking a little bit first to set the tone about where we were and how these toys were supposed to be released and what our expectations were. Now, if we travel back to February of 2020, Toy Fair was happening. And at Toy Fair, Hasbro showed up with the giant display of Ghostbusters toys that they planned to put out for Afterlife, including the Fright Features Classics figures uh, that they were showing off. They were showing off their uh, the Fright Features Muncher and the Stay Puffed figure they were going to have and a lot of different items. But uh, realistically, I want you to sort of stop for a moment and think about the fact that these are products that were slated to come out at Toy Fair's happening in February of 2020. So that's pre-COVID. Not very pre-COVID. In fact, in some cases, you could argue that it was COVID because COVID was starting to break out in different places. And I can even remember being at a, uh, a Chinese New Year parade that was happening around the same time as Toy Fair, where people were concerned about this new virus they were hearing about. So this is the lead up to COVID. We all think things are normal still, and these toys are going to come out. And we're all amazed. And the toys were supposed to come out for the movie's release, which was tracking for July of 2020. It's hard for some of us to remember this, that the original release date of that movie was a summer release in 2020. Uh, but that was the original date. So we were talking about toys that were probably going to ship in the spring for maybe May and June. You go to Q2 in terms of stores and quarter two uh, for release, but you're going to get the preview of them at Toy Fair. So keep that context in mind for a moment. Now, obviously, we did not see these products in Q2 of 2020. Instead, what we were chasing in Q2 of 2020 
and that we thought was going to easily come out and we would get access to it from Toy Fair was the re-release of the Kenner figures, the Kenner retro classics figures that we were all freaked out about and trying to get access to as Ghostbusters fans because we were like, hey, we can finally get these figures and a new Ecto-1 that will replace our old junkie one and not spend a bajillion dollars to do it. Uh, And so for the beginning of COVID, there was really no new Ghostbusters product release. We were waiting for this movie that was coming and we knew these items were coming because we saw them at Toy Fair, but they weren't coming out yet. So we're all looking for those Kenner Classics figures and thinking to ourselves probably like, oh, these toys are pushed back. They're not even probably shipping it. But the reality is that uh, while we were chasing down the Kenner Classics, Hasbro was dealing with a real problem, which is that they were planning for the Q2 and Q3 releases of these toys for a movie in July. And so those things were arriving and they were arriving in warehouses in different places. Now, part of the reason I know this and some of the data we're going to talk about repeatedly throughout this discussion is cargo shipping databases. We're talking about things like import.report, um, websites like zauba.com, uh, Other websites that I'll probably end up talking about here are going to be things like importinfo.com. And essentially, these are websites that allow you to track bills of lading, meaning the shipping manifests that are uh, offered up to customs by the companies that are shipping into the United States when we're doing importing and exporting, like your Art Vandalay from Seinfeld. Uh, And the weird thing about digging into these different databases is that while few of them give you a full picture of everything that was shipped, because to be frank, if you want that, you have to pay a lot of money for a database that pulls it out of customs records. Um, they each tell you pieces of the story. So they'll give you the bill of lading number or one of them. Once you have the bill of lading number lets you look up what the manifest was as to what commodities were on board or what containers the items were in on the ship. Uh, what ports they were delivered to, what dates they were delivered, etc. So this is really valuable information that allows us to get an idea of when was Hasbro shipping stuff into the country, where were they shipping it to, and what was their plan for release giving the timeline of when they were putting the products out. So the first Ghostbusters Afterlife products that started to hit the U.S. are hitting before COVID happens. They're the... Uh, the paranormal plushies were arriving in ports in February, as were some of the Fright Features figures that they were going to be releasing. Not the uh, ones of the kids, but of the classics figures. So th- that's part of what was happening was that Hasbro starts receiving product in February. Then COVID hits. The ports shut down. Workers are not working. There's a whole chaos about things like toilet paper and you know basic goods where we're not moving non-essentials and as a result it means that lots of things start sitting on lots of boats and ports uh, they're not being unloaded properly they're not being handled properly etc so uh, the reality is that you have as of april believe it or not the ectoplasm lab refills had landed in ports in Tacoma and Savannah, two different sides of the country, two completely different opposite corners. But the C-SPAN breeze delivered ectoplasm refills to the port in Tacoma, Washington on April 12th, 2020. Another ship called the Ever Legacy 
delivered to Savannah, Georgia on April 30th of 2020. Now, why does this matter? Um, the ectoplasm refills were never released. We've never seen them in the United States. In fact, we, the only place that I've ever seen them, uh, it is a toy store called ES Toys in Paraguay that appears to have four or five of them in stock right now, and I only found them as of this week. Um, and if you buy them because you live in Paraguay and you send me one, I'll, I'll send you a kidney or something. Uh, but it's the, one, the last thing I don't have from this release other than the one that comes with the ectoplasm lab. But uh, the reason this is important for us to think about, imagine if you sold a Play-Doh set but you didn't have any Play-Doh to sell with it. It probably wouldn't sell very well, right? And you'd probably have parents who bought that Play-Doh set who would be pretty disgruntled about the money they spent on a thing that was a single-use product. Um, that's kind of the story of the Ectoplasm Lab when you really think about it. The entire concept of the Ectoplasm Lab is that it was supposed to be released in tandem with the Ghost Gushers, and the ectoplasm refills such that you would have different ghosts that you could put into the lab and different colors of slime and different mini ghosts to squeeze into them. And that was the play concept. But we never saw that. And part of the reason why is that those products arrive in Tacoma and Savannah in April and they disappear. They do not get released to market. By the same token, if you're a person who bought ghost, gusher, ghost gushers in 2021... You may be among the people who said, why is this product so runny and why did all the slime run out of this stuff? And this is something to think about. That slime probably was not designed to be shelf-stable for very long. It was probably designed to sit in packages for maybe six months to a year and get bought up. But here it was now arriving on boats in April of 2020 before the lab and, and at the same time as the ghost gushers were also arriving. So... Let that sort of like connect for a moment that the ghost gushers and the refills were both arriving at the same time. Although the ghost gushers had far more shipments across ports over the next year, whereas we never saw another shipment of refills arrive in a port in the U.S. again after April 30th, 2020. Now, that gives us some idea of to why the ectoplasm lab maybe never was released in the United States because... After all, if you don't have any Play-Doh to sell with your Play-Doh playset, how do you sell the Play-Doh playset reasonably? Um, and so we never, ever get that product as an official release in the U.S. But we still need to talk about the Ectoplasm Lab because the Ectoplasm Lab was eventually shown to us as a product that was going to come out around July of 2021. So if we fast forward a little bit, remember... Your movie doesn't come out in July of 2020. It then is slated to come out in March of 2021. So now everything's on track to try and figure out how we push these toys out for March of that year as opposed to putting them out for July of 2020. So some of it's already sitting in warehouses here. Some of it's sitting on boats uh, and not getting unloaded fast enough and potentially being subjected to spoilage. And I think that's probably the case with some of the ectoplasm stuff. Uh, but the larger and weirder thing is that the ectoplasm lab is supposed to come out in the U S and it just doesn't, it never arrives. It never gets a release where it eventually turns up. If you've seen them is in Europe. 
you could find the ectoplasm lab in EU member countries um, via amazon.com or amazon.de or amazon.fr or amazon.co.uk. You could find this at European Amazon outlets, but you couldn't find it here in the US. And it started showing up there uh, shortly before the movie's release. So why? What was the story with those? Like, how did they get there? Did they come to the U.S. and then they went somewhere else? Now, here's the really weird story about the ectoplasm lab. The ectoplasm lab, the shipments of it, can be traced to September and October of 2020. The first shipment came in and there were 125 cases on board with three per case and 375 of them. And that was on September 22nd in the city of Long Beach on a boat called the One Falcon. Then a couple more shipments happened in Savannah uh, where 789 cases of three were delivered. So 2,367. And then another 895 cases were delivered on October 19th. So we're talking here about a you know, ballpark of, say, five to 6,000 ectoplasm labs that were delivered between Long Beach and two deliveries to Savannah. And there was one more on October 6th on a boat called the Athos to Tacoma that unfortunately my data doesn't let me see the uh, number of units on board. But look at think about the dates for a second. The dates on those ectoplasm labs are September and October of 2020. So this is now we're after the July release date. We've pushed this item back. We're probably thinking maybe it'll have to be out for the Christmas season. We better get it out to the U.S. before that. And we've got to figure out this slime lab problem of like, the, how do we get more refills? Well, refills never show up. So I, for a very long time, assumed that these ectoplasm labs must have just been like packed up back on a boat and shipped overseas and given to the EU countries, and they must have thought, hey, we'll just dump this over there where nobody knows that there's supposed to be these refills that go with this, and we'll get rid of it. And that was sort of the logic was, we'll punt them into another market where nobody will really raise an eyebrow as much and where it won't really do as much damage to the brand uh, if this is a flop. But I've since discovered that I'm wrong. And part of the reason I know this at this point is that I own a sealed case of ectoplasm labs that I got from Europe. And on every one of those cases, there is a product code. The product code is 10831. What it means is the production date of the item. That production date is March 24th of 2021. So stop and think about that for a second. I just told you that all the ectoplasm labs that came into the United States had shipment dates of September or October of 2020. But the ectoplasm lab case that I have from Amazon in Europe has a manufacturing date of March 24th the following year. How does that work? Well, about seven or eight months ago, I ran across an eBay seller who had a crushed case of ectoplasm labs in Southern California. It looked like hell. It looked like somebody had dragged it through the mud. And I messaged them and said, what is the story with this package that you have? Like, where did you get it? 
This is an unreleased item, and I'm curious as to how you obtained it and what its quality and condition is. And the person ended up telling me that they found it in a salvage auction, that they went to a storage locker auction and bought a storage locker that was unpaid for and that inside were several cases of ghost gushers and this several cases, about four or five cases of ectoplasm labs. And what was interesting about the case box when the person sent me the photos is that it had an embargo date on it. The embargo date to not put it on store shelves was January 1st, 2021, implying don't put this on store shelves before Q1 of 2021 because the movie's coming out in March. And oddly, the case that I have from Europe has a European date format on it and says to embargo it until April 1st, 2021. What does this all mean? It means that all of the European released ectoplasm labs were produced at least a full six months after any of the United States ones were. They had to be. The U.S. ectoplasm labs were already on boats and arriving in ports by October of 2020, and we don't see the the production dates on the ones that were released in Europe are not until March of the like literally six months later. So at a bare minimum, assuming like if Hasbro had made them in September and October and thrown them directly on the boat, then you could say six to seven months, but it's potentially even longer that Hasbro produced those first round of US ectoplasm labs. And unfortunately, I don't have access to one of the retail boxes from that first batch to be able to look at its manufacturing date code, but rest assured, We know from the records they were on the boat. So the question becomes, what happened to them? There was an entire, like we counted them. There's like 2,367 of them on one boat, 2,685 on another, 375 on another. So what happened to somewhere between 5,000 and 6,000 ectoplasm labs that actually made it to ports in the U.S. on two different sides of the country? Where did they go? Especially if they're not the ones that ended up in Europe. And this is what kind of blows my mind is that somewhere out there, these products had to exist. Now, my in my my heart, my speculative heart says that maybe they were damaged on boats. The fact that somebody's finding the uh, salvage, you know, pass salvage pallets inside of unpaid auction or unpaid storage units in uh, like Chino, California, not far from Hasbro's headquarters is to me screams like, Hey, there was a problem with getting these items off the boat. They were subjected to weather. Uh, maybe potentially you had, this is also during the time. Remember that you have the canals getting closed during, um, during that was screwing up shipping during COVID. You also had these stories of container ships that were losing containers overseas. So I'm wondering like, did they simply lose most of the ectoplasm labs at the same time as they also lost a bunch of the refills? And so they never show up in any of the data as arriving in ports in the manifests from customs because it's very odd like that, that for some reason there were 5,000 labs and then there weren't. So where did they go? What happened to them? But this also gives you an idea when you ask yourself, like, how rare is an ectoplasm lab? Well, 
we know there are 5,000 that just didn't even get released anywhere. So uh, the European order might have been smaller, but to think that the extra that the ectoplasm lab is necessarily rare in quantity because of its size is probably a stretch. It's something that you can still find right now on Amazon.de or Amazon.fr or Amazon.whichever choose your favorite EU country and import into the United States. Uh, with nominal shipping costs. So it's not incredibly rare would be my statement on it, but it's still pretty. I mean, it's, it's hard to find. If you had to put a qualification on it, it's an uncommon rather than a rare, but it's interesting to think about this, that even in that context of if they had managed to get them on shelves, the labs weren't arriving until September and October of 2020 the slime refills had already hit the coast by April. So they were six months separated, whether that's because of COVID delays and manufacturing delays because of COVID and shipping delays that is my guess, but it's an odd thing to consider that the commodity product that was supposed to go in the lab, the two shipments that we were able to find show up six months before the labs even show up on a boat. And this is to me why I think ultimately the product was likely just canceled in the U S and ultimately after it was previewed on the Hasbro website, they did remove it from the U S website, but it remains as a released product as an official release. If you look at the French version of the Hasbro website, if you look at the Italian version, et cetera, it's up there as this is an official release for this product. But if you look at the U S website, it's not. So I'm going to call this sort of the taster on this story. Because I think the ectoplasm lab is interesting, but I also don't think that it's necessarily the story that a lot of people think about as being the big canceled product of this film and this particular uh, marketing push. To me, that is without question the RTV, the, the RC trap, uh, which we'll talk about why that was probably canceled. And in this case, we're going to speculate a bit. Some people have asked, um, you know, repeatedly what Hasbro was thinking <laughs> when they made this product, because if you've never seen it, uh, you can Google it and find a picture of it. It is an RC is an RTV trap that is blue. It looks kind of like the old blue uh, Kenner traps, honestly, and it fit in with the rest of the role play line uh, that was going to be coming out for afterlife. And for whatever reason, they designed the Muncher ghost inside to pop up and um, stand tall and also to be a thin cylindrical shape with a domed head that immediately upon product images coming out, people said looked very phallic. To add insult to injury, they also decided to put this product together uh, with marketing that showed a young girl holding this item and staring at the phallic looking ghost very excitedly and needless to say the internet went nuts and decided to begin mocking this making fun of it so uh some people have thought like why was this such a big deal it seems like you know so such a ridiculous reason to cancel a product well to put a quick synopsis on where hasbro might have been and where sony might have been in the summer of 2020 Hasbro came under fire uh, while marketing toys for the Trolls movies that DreamWorks Pictures had made. 
they had come together as a partnership to sell these toys. And the long and short of it is that Hasbro produced a poppy doll from Trolls that had a button underneath its skirt that was supposed to work like when you sat the doll down, it would giggle and gasp and do things. Uh, but it was a button underneath the doll's skirt that would make those sorts of reactions. And during the midst of COVID, as folks were sitting at home and finding out way more about the toys they buy for their kids and what they do uh, while not going out of the house, people began discovering that this button existed on the Poppy doll. And it went viral as a story about how people began accusing Hasbro of child grooming. So this is a bit of a PR problem for Hasbro and for DreamWorks, because all of a sudden they have a kid's movie that is being accused of being tied to a toy that somehow grooms children and sexualizes them and does all kinds of terrible things according to a bunch of different reactionary parent organizations and folks on the internet. So Hasbro does the only thing they can do in this situation. And they say, look, we will accept returns on this as much as you want. Like send it back to us and we'll send you an alternate doll or something else through our uh, consumer satisfaction team. And they pulled this doll from shelves. So this is in the summer of 2020, this is happening at the same time as we're watching Afterlife get delayed from July. Of course, Afterlife doesn't come out until the following year. And we get to about July and Hasbro begins teasing images of the toy line that will be affiliated with Afterlife. So we get our first pictures of the Fright Features kids and we got some of our first photos of the RC RTV trap. Now, that's what causes people to react and go viral and kind of go nuts and start laughing about how it looks pretty phallic and that it's got a girl on the back of the box who's looking at it that seems pretty excited about how phallic it is. And this causes a reaction. That's whether it's Sony's reaction or Hasbro's reaction. Somebody reacted and the product sort of started to disappear. It had been listed on Entertainment Earth as an offering to their wholesalers. And then one day they emailed all of their wholesale customers who had pre-orders and said, this is no longer available. And then rather than keep the product page, which entertainment earth usually does to document historically the product, the product was just poof scrubbed from the internet and disappeared at the same time. The product also scrubbed and disappeared from Hasbro's website and it was just vanishing from anywhere that it was. Now around the same time that this happened, uh, there were a couple people, particularly uh, yes have some host Craig Goldberg, uh, who had managed to get the RC trap from GameStop. They managed to find one night where the trap went live on GameStop.com and it quickly sold out as people spread word and said it's out there and bought it. Um, and he ended up reviewing it on YouTube. And when he did, he was sort of like, I don't really know if like no one else has reviewed this. I don't know if it's really out or what, because I found it and kind of suggested that it was maybe potentially something that was rare because no one else had posted a review of it and he couldn't find any other info about it. And this is about when I started to get interested in what was going on with this. When I said, well, what is what is happening with this? Like, why is nobody talking about it? And I started to put two and two together in my own head about this Trolls doll. And the fact that on the one hand, you had this very phallic looking toy. And on the other hand, Hasbro had just come through having to recall a product, essentially, and make a big PR act response. 
So what if they could avoid doing any of that by simply canceling this product, by just not allowing it to ship? So I started keeping an eye out, looking to see if I could find one. Uh, And lo and behold, I ended up picking up one on eBay. And I messaged the guy after I got it. And I said, just out of curiosity, I was just curious where you ended up getting this from, you know, that you were able to pass it on to me because I don't know anyone else who's been able to find them. And he immediately said, GameStop. And so at first people were like, oh, it must be like a GameStop item. And GameStop is the only company that got them. And this is probably why Ghostbusters Wiki suggests that this was a GameStop pre-order that was only available for a short period of time and was exclusive to them. But that's not true. The reality is that over the next few weeks, I ended up finding several more. And the first place that they turned up was Fun.com. Now, Fun.com was selling them at a markup and has a surge algorithm built into their website. So as I found the first couple of links for this, either through their eBay store and then through their own website, uh, I started to share it with people. And the next thing I knew, I watched the price on the RCV trap shoot up from its original whatever it was of $41.99 to by the end of the night, they wanted like $100 for it. Despite this, they all sold out. And Ghostbusters fans cleaned out fun.com in a matter of hours, and they never had any more traps after that. But I was like, let's see what happens next. I'll keep looking for them. The next place I ended up finding them was a small toy store in Michigan called Throne of Toys that advertised them on their website and Google's AdSense algorithm happened to pick it up and throw it in my face and say, hey, this thing you've been looking for is available. I ended up telling people in different forums, shared the link. We totally ended up buying up their entire stock of traps between a group of people and passed them around to different folks from different Ghostbusters forums who were looking for it. Now, when I first found them at fun.com, it was not beyond me to think that fun.com might have been reselling them because they were literally offering some of them on eBay on their eBay page. But when I found them at Throne of Toys, I put it together in my head that I was like, this is going to be a distribution thing where somebody managed to distribute these who probably wasn't supposed to. And they probably came out in assortments that went to local toy stores. So I kept looking. I ended up finding them at another toy store called Toy Federation in South Carolina that some of you who live in that area will know because it is one of the uh, principal organizers of a pretty big toy convention in the area. Uh, I asked them because I'd seen the product in store photos that they had on their website or on their Facebook page and said, do you still have this? They said, no, we sold them all. And then they proceeded to list it for a lot of money on eBay. (laughs) So this began to be the real tip off that, okay, the local toy stores are getting it. Target can't get it or doesn't have it. Walmart doesn't have it. And if you walked into their stores and you actually took a picture of the barcode from the RTV and you scanned it with their price checker, it would tell you like it was in the database. It existed. It knew what it was. It would pull up the product image, but it would also say not available or no information available, etc. So it was pretty clear that like this was something that was being buried at the big box stores, but was also somehow squeaking out to local toy stores GameStop and fun.com. In my brain, the first thing that went off was this is not stuff that's being directly shipped by Hasbro. Hasbro directly ships to big box stores. They ship to Walmart, they ship to Target, etc. But they're going to ship to a distributor 
who then distributes to local toy stores. Keep that in your mind for a few moments because this is going to become relevant again. But that became the, the idea for me was they ha- there has to be somebody who got these. Someone in the distribution chain, if they canceled this, if they tried to kill it off before release so they wouldn't have to do a recall, then Hasbro would have said, don't ship any of the big box stores. But if they'd already shipped to a distributor, the distributor could have accidentally snuck them out. As we went on through the next few months, Afterlife comes out, the movie is a big hit. We all are, think it's great. Um, I had actually placed, had actually found a random listing on Walmart that was for just called Hasbro action figures. And it happened to have the same product code as the RC trap. So on a whim, I put it at a watch list on Walmart to my shot, my wanted list, my wish list. And one day about three weeks after afterlife was, you know, out and happened I got this notification that was like an item you want is in stock. And I looked to go see what it was. And it was this random item that just said Ghostbusters action figures and had no other details about what it was other than its price. And it literally said that it weighed one ounce and I knew this had to be wrong, but I was like, it's Walmart. So let's just pull the trigger on this and buy whatever this is. (laughs) And if it's not anything we want, we'll just take it back. It won't matter. A few days later, an RC trap arrived. I couldn't believe it. It was some toy store that uses Walmart as their third party like vending platform. And they had essentially put the UPC, they scanned the item to sell it and it came up in the system as Ghostbusters action figures and they didn't do anything to fix it. And so poof, I had another RC trap in my hands that I had totally didn't expect. But at this point, I really started to suspect, okay, this is something that this didn't come from Walmart direct. This was not something that went into the Walmart inventory. This is something that came from a third-party seller. It's an independent toy store. And in this case, it was something called like Dad's Toys. So this is when I really started to say, there's got to be somebody, some distributor out there has to have had this thing and then let it out when they were not supposed to and they were supposed to send them back. The answer to this question ended up coming uh, shortly after Christmas in the beginning of 2022. I happened to look at Australian popular culture vendor, Pop Culture, and found that because the Australian shipments take so long to get from the US to Australia for the stuff to hit retail, that they are usually about six months behind us. And lo and behold, there was the RC trap sitting in Australia. And I shook my head in total disbelief and began messaging people I knew who needed RC traps and said, I found the RC trap in Australia. People ended up buying them and we ended up repatriating all of the Australian traps back to the United States. Um, so for the Australian and who I see in the download statistics, I'm so sorry, dude. Um, but yeah, we totally did that to you and we're bad people. <laughs> but the point I want to sort of make here is that when those boxes arrived from Australia, there was the strangest thing attached to the outside because pop culture shipped me traps in their original case box. And the case box that arrived had the original shipping sticker for who it was shipped to from Hasbro. And the answer was entertainment 
Earth. The RC Ghost Trap is not a GameStop exclusive. The RC Ghost Trap is an Entertainment Earth Escape E. That may be speculative in saying that much, but I can tell you for sure. I own a sealed case of RC traps. There are two per case. Doesn't sound, it's not that exciting. Don't get, don't, don't, don't get thrilled, <laughs> but uh, it's not like I own 400 of them, but I own two traps in a sealed case with an entertainment earth sticker on it, indicating the return address of entertainment earth and sending it outbound to pop culture. I am confident that the way that the RC trap made it out is that it was in fact canceled off before it could hit stores, but it made it out in these retail assortment shipments for wholesalers. Ironically, this also means that it made it to Australia because pop culture gets their US stuff for Hasbro from Entertainment Earth. Now, what's really weird about that is it means that when I got my stuff from Australia, it had traveled from China <laughs> to Los Angeles to Simi Valley, where Entertainment Earth is, to Australia, <laughs> back all the way around the world, back to Los Angeles, to the airport. And then I live relatively close to Simi Valley in Entertainment Earth. <laughs> so this is a trap that has essentially circumnavigated the globe uh, at least once, if not twice. But the point I sort of want to make here is that we often think about the RC trap as if it was something that was impossible to get. It wasn't. It was not an exclusive that existed for one store. It made it out to several different places. And to be real about how many there were, here's the story of shipments on the RC trap. The first shipments of RC traps showed up September 16th of 2020 in Los Angeles on a boat called the One Commitment. There were 1,567 two-trap cases on board for a total of 3,134 traps. The next shipment that we have statistics on for the value or the number is in Savannah, Georgia on a boat called the Thalassadoxa. 1343 is the number of cases, 2,686 traps. There were two other shipments that came into the country, one in Tacoma on September 16th that seems to have been designated for Hasbro Canada, but I don't know how many traps were in that shipment. And there was a, that was on a boat called the YM Truth. And the final shipment that was in there is on the 23rd uh, of September. So I did these out of order, but um, the 23rd of September was a boat called the Ever Focus uh, that delivered in Savannah. So just on the number that I know from the bills of lading, there were at least 5,822 RCRTV traps that arrived in ports in the United States in September of 2020. Keep in mind, we didn't get it teased to us until July of 2021, and then it was disappeared from existence by August, but squeaked out. So the question is, out of the nearly 6,000 that we know were on boats at a minimum, how many did Entertainment Earth accidentally let escape when they supplied local toy stores, GameStop, and potentially fun.com and pop culture 
with assortment shipments of the trap, the mod blaster, the PKE meter, big cases, big pallets full of stuff where the trap may have been dead center in the middle of it. So it was hard to take out and they went, just ship it out. We'll just deal with it later. And so, um, this kind of gives you the hint of like, where do you look for this thing? If you're still trying to find it, if it's going to turn up somewhere at this point, you're going to find it sitting in a local toy store that doesn't know what it is. You're going to find it sitting somewhere on a shelf in an LTS on a local toy store environment that doesn't move a lot of Ghostbusters stuff, but bought an assortment pallet from Entertainment Earth and doesn't know what they have. You're not going to find it in a big box store because it never made it there. But if you do find it, that's where you'll find it. The ectoplasm lab, you'll find overseas, right? And they think honestly think that the only uh, the only traps that probably ever made it overseas were the ones that made it to Australia before a bunch of us went, get them, and brought them back. But this, it's an interesting story to think about because it's a story of stuff that completely gets rifled through and wrecked by COVID, right? The, the shipping delays, the manufacturing delays on the one hand were bad enough for any commodity, but the movies moving target date meant that you couldn't stably produce items and ensure that they would come out uh, still in good condition. And we, that's something that, you know, in the few recent weeks here on this podcast and in other places, you've heard about things like uh, Baskin Robbins not being able to have their product out because, you know, obviously ice cream is going to spoil and slime topping spoils. And as the movie's release date kept moving, so too did the release date of food items that could have gone bad. But in this case, it's interesting to sort of think about that on the one hand, these products, the ectoplasm lab, for instance, is probably its fate is probably done in by COVID most in that the commodity product, the supply product that goes inside of it gets released a solid, it's planned arrival is a solid six months before the stuff it's supposed to go with. And then you still need to let that slime survive in bottles without off gassing or leaking or anything for months, right? Until as you extend this movie out for a full year, this is a product that potentially they could maybe couldn't get more slime to be able to put it where it wasn't cost effective. So the question of whether or not those slime labs ever even made it to the U S beyond a salvage uh, situation is another huge question that remains unanswered in this, but it's also one that I would have never thought of that. There were two different shipments, a shipment for the U S a, a manufacturing run for the U S and a manufacturing run for Europe that they're completely different and they have completely different case boxes. They have, different lot numbers in terms of their manufacturing. So in fact, if you look at the ectoplasm labs that come out in the U S versus the ones that came from the U S that I've seen and the ones that came out, uh, in Europe, they actually have different colored mix in parts. The mix in parts in the U S version are gray. The mix in parts in the, uh, EU version are red. So if there is a mind breaker, if you own an ectoplasm lab, you only own one variant is very likely. <laughs> I'm so sorry to do that to you if you're a completist, but there are two variants of the ectoplasm lab. One has silver mix in parts, uh, which is what I believe is on the box. And one has red, which is what was shown at toy fair, but both do in fact exist. But the number of ones that came out in the U S there's maybe a handful of them like that were found in that 
pallet that set that storage unit and sold by somebody on eBay who went, I'm not really sure what this is, but this seems like it's rare because people are selling them on eBay. Um, as for terms of that RC trap, I'm wondering, did they all get destroyed or are they sitting somewhere for a 2023 movie with an intent to say, okay, cool. We have working components and we have an FCC approved RC toy that went through FCC certification and everything. So don't get rid of the base. Let's just chuck the ghost and remarket this with the next movie. And if, and that's entirely a possibility. If you're sitting on a Hasbro uh, RC RTV trap right now, a lot of folks who have them are like, this is going to be like worth a ton of money. Cause it's going to be one of the rarest things in ghostbusters land. And I, I'm not going to be surprised if it turns out that rather than take over 6,000 traps, uh, or about 6,000 traps or more that rather than just hook them in the trash and declare a loss on them entirely, they may have decided to say, Hey, let's take these and retool them and we'll release them in a year. And one of the reasons I joke about that is that if you go on Amazon, Amazon for a long time had something called the GHB RC funnel available for pre-order, uh, with a shipping date of 2023 in January. Uh, I actually have two of these pre-ordered to see whatever happens with them. And it's still an item out there. If you go and find it on Amazon, you might not be able to search for it there, but you can search for it on Google and type in GHBRC funnel Amazon and you'll find it. And that is a product that is according to Amazon is something that's coming in 2023. I'm not really sure that's true. I think that that is actually a glitch that they screwed up on when they created the pre-order before the item was canceled. But uh, it's an, a weird thing to think about that there are, there was not like, Oh, they made 200 of these traps and they made it out. No, there were like 6,000 at least. The intent was for that to be a premium item that was going to be tied to this movie that every kid was going to want because they had seen the kids in the movie driving around an RC car, an RC trap. And instead it ended up being something that the only people who really own it are a bunch of weirdos like you and me <laughs> who decided we needed to keep one in our collection to know that we had it. And then out of that, there's very, even then there's very few people who have them. So um, now as you've heard this podcast, please don't come and break in my house because you think that I have a giant storeroom of RC traps. I don't. Um, unfortunately, most of those have been repatriated to people who needed them. And if they weren't, they were things that went in my collection. That's not here. So don't bother. But, um, the, my point is that I want you to sort of know that, um, there's a way to look for this stuff, you know, beyond just what you hear, uh, through the grapevine, there's data out there. If somebody out there has access to a Pangeva account, which is like the premium cargo tracking thing. Like you could like rule the news on like what's coming because you would already know what's in these shipping manifests and what is about to be released uh, by looking at some of this data. And in my cases, I'm looking at data that's old through databases that are essentially providing old stuff. But if you're a person who has the shipping access to look at freight and look at import and export, there's a really good chance that if you look at Hasbro uh, and you keep a track of what they're, doing, you probably get a pretty good preview of the kinds of stuff that they're releasing. And to be fair, they might tell you that, you know, they're releasing Fright Features Peanut or Fright Features Peach. Uh, <laughs> the code names that they used for uh, the Ghostbusters figures coming out. But the point is that this data is out there and you can find out a lot about what was planned by looking into stuff like this. 
So I hope this has been a bit of an interesting story and a bit of an adventure. You found out something new about this little history of Ghostbusters. Uh, and that, you know, yeah, I'm making an argument for sure, right? This is not something where I'm, I, everything I've said today is fact because this is about gleaning things from the data, but, uh, it's hard to kind of sit back and suggest that the RC trap was intended to be a GameStop pre-order exclusive, uh, when you can, f- when we, it turned up in so many other places before it ran dry. And when you know that there were 6,000 of them approximately that were, shipped to the u.s just in one month alone so um if you have questions comments thoughts please feel free to hit me up at extraplasm on instagram and twitter or to drop an email to the to extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com and thanks for tuning in as we took a little trip down memory lane and learned a bit about the true story or at least the true origins or destination points i'm not even sure what to call it but the truth let's just call it that you learned a little bit of truth about the ghostbusters afterlife hasbro roleplay items and the fate of the rc trap and the ectoplasm lab that's going to wrap things up for extraplasm for this week thanks for listening appreciate all of your support and always appreciate those five-star reviews and positive comments that you can leave on apple podcasts Spotify, and all of your favorite platforms. They really do help us to connect with other fans and to help to spread the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening this week. And as Ernie Hudson would say, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care. <laughs>